Welcome to episode 284 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we discuss Tim Sheens' sacking, Las Vegas, the top eight, and much more. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 284 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, we are this close to the NRL finals. How are you feeling? Are you feeling as pumped as I am? Yo, Dr. T, it's Tish from this side. But yes, I am feeling pumped. Uh, the final two weeks are here, right? So, um, and we're so close to the finals. And uh, it looks like some teams um, who are still in the hunt um, may not want to play finals. I don't know, getting smashed by other teams. But we could talk more about that later. But look, it's a, it's always a very exciting time this uh, of the year for you know uh, for for the pr- uh, competition. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to a great show and a, and a great uh, two weeks coming up. How about yourself, Doctor T? Oh, look, yeah, look, absolutely. Last week, I've got to say, I'll, I'll start with this and I'll, we'll, we'll move on to Rugby League. We did talk about the Matildas last week and their their mm. their, uh, their run came to an end uh, last week yeah. and, uh, and they ended up finishing fourth overall. Spain ended up winning the World yeah. Cup. And the big news is I think the, the semi-final against England was uh, I believe the most watched uh, TV show in Australian history? It was like over eleven million or something. I think it smashed mm. that Kathy Freeman record. So, look, the reason why I mention that is, you know, we talked about it last week and about what this means for women's rugby league as well, taking advantage of the fact that there's been such interest in in women's sport in general and there's a bit of a halo effect here where people yes they're talking about soccer yes they're talking about the matildas in particular and yes we had a home world cup here in uh you know in australia for the first time ever of such a big magnitude and uh we should definitely capitalize on it and think about how we can do that so uh, just like we said last week you know we the nrl should really think very carefully about what it can do to take advantage of this uh, mm. the positive kind of uh, attention that we have on women's sport in general. Um, you know, they've they've made so many forward strides with the women's NRL, um, and uh, yeah, let's see if we can push it a little bit further and be ambitious. You know, the time is right. Strike while the iron's hot, as they say. Um, That's right. That's and right. The yeah. And the NRL should do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and I think, look, um, you know, we were all with the Matildas all the way till to the semifinals, and look, their run ended. I mean, typically you stop running once you choke, um, but oh, uh, no. you know, now do. we're looking for another set of heroes, right? So uh, I think the gap is wide open for I don't know the Australian um, Gillaroos to to be the next Matildas. What do you say, Doctor C? Oh, let's let's do it. Absolutely, they can do it. Um, but yeah, look, uh, the uh, the the juggernaut that is soccer—that's that's the challenge, isn't it? It's uh, it's mm. the sleeping giant. We need to be careful of it, 
in uh, in rugby league here in in Australia in particular. Um, who knows what the Matildas have awoken with this uh, uh, or awakened? <laughs> I can't even get the right. What they have awakened with the right uh, is the right word with um with this uh, you know ma- massive performance and and all all the attention on them for the last couple of weeks. So um, yeah, look, that's that's all I'll say to that because we've got lots of rugby league to talk about. But uh, as I said, Absolutely. it's 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 all about how we. Uh, we take advantage of what's happening at the moment and think about it. so NRL get onto it um, and we are going to talk about one of the things that the NRL has done to uh, to take advantage of uh, the interest overseas in rugby league. We're going to talk about that later, uh, but as usual, we're going to talk about the review of the the last round. It is uh, what are we up to? We're up to round twenty five review. This is tackle number one. Here we go. All right, round 25. We've only got three more rounds to go. Um, lots of people getting out there to, to witness their teams, uh, uh, you know, f- in some cases fight for uh, for their right to party in the top eight. Um, mm. Here we go. The Sharks is one, one such team that stepped up. 32 to 12, demolishing the Cowboys at their home ground at Queensland Country Bank Stadium uh, in front of about 17,000 or so fans. Well done, Sharkies. The Warriors uh, did it tough, but eventually did it against the Manly Warringah Seagulls, 29 to 22, um, at the temporarily named Daniel Anderson Stadium, which is the Go Media Stadium in uh, in Auckland, in front of a big 24,000 or so fans. Um, and obviously, uh, for those who don't know, last round uh, was uh, named. Uh, well, it was, uh, there was there were fundraisers for Daniel Anderson. Uh, who was, of course, the former New Zealand Warriors coach, also coach of the Parramatta at one time as well, uh, when uh, when we came close as well, um, uh, who became uh, an, what they call an incomplete quadriplegic after a body surfing accident in 2022. So uh, tragedy, what's happened to Daniel Anderson. And there's a, uh, you know, last round, there was a lot of fundraisers going on about uh, to support him as well, which is really good to see. Um the Eels uh, thrashed 34 to 12 at the hands of the Sydney Roosters at Combank Stadium in front of a bumper 20,000 fans there on Friday night. Unfortunately, they capitulated. Uh, the very poor performance there. The Tigers uh, 24 to 23 <laughs> tipped, tipped, tipped by this, the the t- Tish. No, no, no. It was the Dolphins that you tipped, but they won 24 to 23 at Combank Stadium. Uh, Saturday afternoon, not very good crowd though, 9,000. Obviously, a lot of Tigers mm. fans have given up on, uh, <laughs> as you have, on the team this year. <laughs> yes. But it was an epic performance, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, Panthers, 40-14, to 14, thrashing the Titans at their home ground uh, at Seabus Super Stadium in front of a good 19,000 fans. Well done, Gold Coast fans there. Storm, 38-28 to 28 against the Dragons. The Dragons, uh, you know, gave them a bit of a run for their money, but they just couldn't outlast them. That was at Wynn Stadium in front of a pretty poor 8,000 or so fans. The Knights, 29-10, to 10, uh, demolishing the South Sydney Rabbitohs at McDonald Jones Stadium in front of a 29,000. And 18 people, amazing, well done. And finally, the Raiders, 36 to 24 over the Bulldogs at GRO Stadium in front of 12,000 or so fans. And the Broncos with the bye. 
and uh, and yeah. So look, let's uh, let's talk about some of the highlights of the round before we jump into the the ladder and what that looks like. Um, Tish, I would have to say, you know, for me, the low light is pretty obvious. It was the the, the eels. Um, you know, mm. the season's on the line. They had to win three games out of the four uh, to be guaranteed pretty much a spot in the top eight. And they absolutely capitulated to the Roosters. They were absolutely woeful. Um, and I don't think it's just because they were without Mitch Moses. I think they were just, um, you know, silly mistakes, pushing passes, just the, 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 the stupid version of Paramount just came out. And uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, um, you know, the Roosters have been building and building for the last several weeks and, and, you know, they they sniff blood and they they, uh, they sniff a chance at the top eight and they, they took it. So now the Roosters are ahead of the Eels on the ladder and actually in with a mathematical chance of making it to the top eight. So there you go. Um, that win was actually critical and it's a shame that the Eels, uh, you know, at the wrong time of year have just capitulated. Um, the Tigers, look, seesawing match, but at the end it was... Uh, <laughs> The the dodgiest of goals, penalty goals from Api Corusel <laughs> that that won it for him with three minutes left. It looked yeah. like it was the, it looked like it had the length, but then it just the crossbar. You know, it's um, what is it with the Tigers and crossbars? I mean, we had we, we had the eighty nine grand final with Benny Benny Elias. Uh, his his uh, blood pressure immediately went down when he saw that that actually went over instead of back at him. Um, that was a, a great goal. But, yeah, um, look, solid performance. I know the Dolphins haven't done well this half of the, the year, but um, the Tigers, look, they deserved every bit of those two points. Um, they played better. They deserved it. Well done. But, Tish, um, you know, what are, your, what are your views of that Tigers match? Well, I mean, we're going to go into a little bit about uh, what's happened uh, at the Tigers mm. during the week. Um, but Wayne Bennett was on the other side, so it was kind of an end of an era, really. But that being said, so it was an amazing, uh, firstly, it was an amazing like last few minutes of that game, right? So um, the penalty itself was uh, was pretty incredible. Like, you know, like firstly it was uh, off a kickoff um, where the Tigers did a short kickoff and, um, yeah, the way Appy did it, he was facing one way and then sort of switched it the other way. The Tigers caught the ball and then, you know, uh, the Dolphins were overzealous uh, trying to, um, you know, trying to take the the player out after he'd been tackled, and then so the penalty happens, and it's from the sideline. I mean, what confidence, right? To win the game, you are, um, you know, going to kick one from the sideline. So it was an absolute, uh, a bit of a miracle, <laughs> really, and uh, they were able to do it and uh, just sneak the victory in. And I suppose, look, um, there's been a lot of you know, times throughout the season and probably over the last couple of seasons where you kind of feel unlucky as a Tiger supporter, you know, things just didn't go your way in certain things. And then so I suppose this one is, is sort of one back, um, you know, which is which is great, but it doesn't mean anything um, because I think we're still pretty pretty favourites to get the to get the wooden spoon. Um, but we've got a, a chance if we could somehow knock over the Roosters and I think Manly with the final rounds to go. So, yeah, and look, you know, it was kind of called unofficially Benji Marshall's first, uh, you know, sort of game as head coach. And, uh, you know, he sort of started off with a victory. So I thought that was fantastic. Look, um, along with Parramatta, I don't know, we'll probably talk about them later, but I also felt that the, you know, the something happened with the Cowboys, right? The Cowboys had their season to play for. Um, even, um, you know, even at halftime, 
um, you know, they sort of interviewed Todd Payton and he said, uh, he said something, I think, along the lines of like, um, you know, what did he tell him, you know, at halftime? And he said, oh, I told him, you know, this 40 minutes, it's your season. It's going to hurt, but it's worth it. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just fell apart. So uh, maybe <laughs> they didn't feel like it was worth it. I don't know. It was just, it was just sort of. Yeah, not not there. And meanwhile, the Sharks, you know, they were sort of a little bit out of form, but, um, you know, they've made a couple of uh, positional changes and maybe some changes with the way they've played. And all of a sudden, um, they seem to be hitting a bit of form towards uh, the end of the season, which is good to see. But, um, yeah, two teams there, the Eels and the Cowboys, both, uh, you know, in with a chance but not really um, bringing up the goods. I suppose the rest of them are pretty run-of-the-mill. I mean... Newcastle continue to be winning. I think they've won seven or eight straight and um, they've equaled the most amount of wins since the last time they made the grand final, I think. And I think the Warriors are sort of in a similar boat where they've won, you know, um, you know, they've got a, they've got a winning streak ha- happening as well, right? I think it's, um, you know, last, you know, I think last five games, it's four games and one by and, you know, that's the Warriors. And I think, yeah, the Knights, same, you know, last five wins on the trot. So, yeah, unbelievable form by both these teams. Interesting how they're going to do in the finals. And, look, as as the ladder stands at the moment, I mean, um, or maybe you want to go through the ladder and I can make my comment on that, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll go through that now. So, yeah, um, the Panthers and Broncos equal first, obviously. The Broncos had the bye and the Panthers uh, had the win. 40 points is where they stand, and uh, obviously the for and against favours Panthers by quite a fair way. Um, down at 36 points is the Warriors uh, on on their lonesome at number three, and number four is Storm, again on their own on 34 points. Um, Sharks have now overtaken the Raiders to get into fifth spot, and uh, – or actually, no, that's uh, – is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Um and uh, so they're on 32 points. Now, seventh is the Knights, and they're on 31 points. And they're guaranteed, I'm uh, pretty sure they are guaranteed. Uh, or no, not mathematically. No, they, they still they still might miss out, I think. But um, they're on 28 points. Uh, sorry, on 31 points. Equal eighth are three teams now. Rabbitohs, Cowboys, and Roosters on 28 points. Now, the Roosters for and against is woeful. Uh, they're at negative 62. Cowboys are at plus 12, and Rabbitohs are at plus 73. Um, the Rabbitohs uh, have the bye next round, um, and so that means they'll go to, uh, I believe that means that, will they go to 20? Uh, they'll go to 30 points. That's right. So, look, it's really all about what happens with the Cowboys and the Roosters. Um and look, look. Even the Eels have a chance potentially, but not not with the for and against the way it is with the Rabbitohs. I think we're pretty much. Uh, it's really up to the Roosters and the Cowboys. If the Roosters can win uh, the next two matches and the Rabbitohs um, drop uh, the world, it's really all about the Rabbitohs and the Roosters at the very end. But we're going to talk about that later. But <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so let me just uh, yeah. And then so we then we've got the Eels at twenty six. I think we drew a line under them. Definitely that that loss to the Roosters ended their season. Um, I guess mathematically they could still possibly mm. make it, but uh, the Roosters would have to absolutely demolish the Rabbitohs, and that's not going to happen. So the reality well, well, is sports, the Eels are gone. Better not taking bets for them winning. 
the oh they're not yeah that's right they they technically can't make i don't think yeah it's very unlikely so it's really out of the the teams that are outside the eight it's really the roosters that have the the highest chance of getting in there i think the cowboys have a pretty low chance but um you know stranger things have happened and look there is even a chance that the tigers will avoid the wooden spoon um there if we go fast forward to the bottom of the ladder we've got the dragons on 16 who are playing the warriors next and then we've got the tigers on 14 points who are playing the roosters next and i reckon look the tigers and the roosters do not count out the tigers i think the tigers uh, could put something together uh, that mm. um that pushes them a little bit higher but look in saying that the Tigers have a woeful four and against yep. and uh, compared to the Dragons. So, you mm. know, again, you never so know. So if they could win by about 85, I think they've got a chance, right? Well, there are there are two games left. So let, let's be fair. It's, it's, it's not reliant on that one game. But look, <laughs> let's see what happens. Uh, yeah, but yeah, look, stranger things have happened. You never know. The Warriors are on the roll. You never know. They might absolutely demolish the Dragons. So we might be talking about the Tigers getting off the canvas at the last minute. Who knows? But Tish, you wanted me to read out the ladder. What is your comment on uh, the top eight, uh, or at least the ladder now, and then we can go into a little bit in depth later. We'll, we'll probably look. I mean, the ninths are probably one win away from guaranteeing their spot. And um, but as it stands at the moment, we've got three new teams this year, <laughs> right? So um, you know, with all that sort of uh, said about you know different teams having different advantages, salary caps, and all that kind of stuff. In the end, I think the whole idea of having a salary cap and having like um, different clubs and even expanding the competition and spreading out the talent, it has meant that you've had, you know, um, teams like, you know, particularly like the Warriors and Knights who've had some pretty dreadful seasons over the last few years, um, you know, finally being able to make it back. I know the Knights were in the finals a couple of years ago, but, you know, they've sort of um, sort of fell away, but now they've sort of come back. And I think the Warriors, I mean, when's the last time they were in the finals? It's been a long time, right? So, you know, them and look, the Broncos as well. The Broncos have... Uh, had two wooden spoons, um, and you know they finished ninth last year. So they've had, they've had a pretty lean trot as well. And um, you know since I think what twenty nineteen since they last made it. So yeah, it's uh, it's good to see a bit of a, a rotation with some of these clubs uh, in terms of getting into the finals and not. All right. So look, maybe should we should we actually jump into the talk about the finals, the top eight. Let's let's yeah, do that think, as tackle number let's two. Switch, yeah, let's switch things around. Well, what do you, what do you say there? Let's, let's do that. Tackle number two, the top eight review. Since we're talking about it, here we go. We have been talking about the top eight. We may as well talk about it. We we have uh, put aside some time for this. Look, um, you know, it all comes down to those final few matches. Uh, there's two more matches to go. As I said, it's really all about the race for the 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 top eight at the moment. Um, the Rabbitohs are, you know, with the bye coming up in this round, they're in prime position for that final game. It's all coming down to that final game. So if the Tigers are not able to beat the Roosters as expected, the Roosters are on fire at the moment. If the Roosters win, that sets up really uh, the final game um, of uh, the Rabbitohs and Roosters, traditional rivals. Um, let me just double-check when when it is that is the case that, that we're playing that game. Um, we are talking... 
Let me just double check. Sorry about that. All good. All good. Round 27. It will be, here we go, Friday, the 1st of September uh, at a course stadium. Well, there you go. Rabbitohs and Roosters, Friday, 8 p.m. It is the big match. So not this Friday coming up. The next one, one after that, is going to be, I think, the game that will decide who gets into the top eight. The winner will get in, the Rabbitohs or the Roosters. Now, you might be thinking, what about the Cowboys? (laughs) Well, the Cowboys have, I think, the Dolphins to play in the next round. And then the final round, well, you mentioned this. You you called this that the Panthers may do this. Um, Mm. Depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks, the Panthers may do this. Um, They may go full tilt with their top squad and cement a minor premiership. Or they may rest players uh, looking ahead for the finals. Now, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because normally, if the Panthers were ahead, uh, you know, a game in hand, they would they would probably rest their stars, and uh, you know, because they already they would already have been qualified for the minor premiership. But there's a pesky little team called the Broncos that <laughs> that are nipping at their heels. They're equal on points, and even if the Broncos lose this weekend and the Panthers win. The, you've still got the possibility. Well, actually, probably not because uh, if that does happen, then the Panthers may still rest their players because knowing that if they lose and the Broncos win the final match, which they will play, let me just double-check, they are playing the Storm. Let's just say the Broncos do win that game. Um, their for and against is so superior that it's very unlikely that they'll flog the Storm you know, by 100 or whatever it is. So it's possible, very possible, that we will see, uh, you know, a spoiler game here with the Cowboys potentially with the season on the line, depending on what happens this week, in that final match against the Panthers, potentially against the second-string Panthers team. Um, you know, so really it's all about what happens this weekend between the Panthers and the Eels, which, uh, you know, again, uh, <laughs> if the Eels can spoil it, look... It's mm. this the, the complicated web here. This is why yes. we needed to talk about it, Tish, because it's so complicated. It's like a Game of Thrones episode. It's yep. if the eels if the eels can defeat the Panthers, they are doing the Broncos and the Cowboys a favor because mm. uh potential or well they're doing more the Broncos a favor because it means that um that uh, it's likely that the Panthers will then panic a little bit and want to uh you know, put their best squad together for the final game against the Cowboys. But if the Eels lose, then they're doing the Cowboys a favour because then it means that the it's more likely that the Panthers will field a second-string team, thereby giving the Cowboys a chance that they hadn't, that they didn't really have up until now uh, if the Eels lose. So, look, it's all about the Eels. Either they're helping the Broncos or the Cowboys, <laughs> whether they win or lose. And then that really is is an influencing factor uh, against whether the the Rabbitohs or the Roosters will make it into that um, uh, that top eight. So there's still all to play for. There's still a little bit of a web there that we don't know what's happening. Um, but yeah, and that's just the top eight. We haven't even talked about what's happening in the top four. Tish, look, how likely are those scenarios uh, about the, the Panthers, the Cowboys, and then the final game, Rabbitohs and Roosters? What what are you thinking? How is it going to play out two weeks ahead? Okay, well, um, 
I want to throw another little scenario into the mix, right? <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> right, you know, so look, um, week one of the finals, if you're the Panthers or the Broncos, um, do you want to play um, do you want to play the Storm or the Warriors? Right. Um, considering that the Broncos would have played the Storm the week before, right? Because I think the Broncos and Storm are playing on the Friday night on the last round. Yeah. Right. So do you rest players for the Broncos thinking that, okay, well, if we stay in second, we're going to end up playing the Warriors who are not playing finals for after a long time, right? Right. So do we rest some players? And neither are we, by the way. So, you know, it kind of it kind of cancels each other out in a way. But if we could rest some players ahead of the finals, because it's more – the blinded premiership is not as important as, as winning the, you know, the big one, right? Um. So we want to get through the first round. So we're going to rest some players so that when the, you know, when we come and play the Warriors, you know, the Warriors might have played full strength because the Warriors are in third, you know. Or do we actually try and make it to the top and play potentially a harder team who's had more finals experience in the storm, the same team that we're playing the week before? Do you get what I mean? And mm. I think we saw last year where, you know, uh, the night, so the Rabbitohs and the Roosters played each other back to back. You know, the last week of the round and then the first week of the finals. And I think the results kind of reversed, right? Um, which sometimes they tend to do in the final series because it's kind of a, a bit different. So I'm just wondering whether even the Broncos even may think about resting players. <laughs> and I think the Panthers will definitely rest players. I think for them, the modern Premiership is important, but it's not as important for them as winning. And you know they're 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 sort of more eye on the prize type thing, right? So um, I think it's likely that they will rest players, and then look, then it brings the Cowboys into the equation, where the Cowboys can, you know, they've got a, a pretty a relatively easier game with the with the Dolphins, who have lost their last four, right? So they should be able to win that game, even though they're not in the best of form. Takes them to thirty. Takes the Rabbitohs to 30 as well. Um, the Roosters should be able to beat the Tigers, so it takes them to 30. So, you know, potentially all these teams will be sitting on 30 points, um, but the Rabbitohs have the best for and against, but then, you know, they're playing the Roosters. So, you know, the Roosters might beat the Rabbitohs, but might still miss out if the Cowboys uh, get a victory. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is so so bizarre. Yeah. And, and, and look, I'm, I'm sort of assuming that the – you know, that the Storm will finish fourth, but there is an outside chance that perhaps probably the Sharks, I don't think the Raiders with a, a difference of negative 108 um, <laughs> have a chance to to get to where the um, where the Storm are. I suppose maybe the Knights might be able to do I mean, they've got a positive for and against, and if they've got some two relatively easy games uh, coming up, who do they have coming up? The Knights. No, they don't. They have the Sharks first up. Yeah. Which so I don't can... think that's a guarantee. And then they've no. got um, who do they have last? Hang on. They have the Dragons. So they'll finish up probably on a high, but yeah. they've got to get past the Sharks. And I think that's really another critical one. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you can't guarantee. We could actually be talking about the Sharks <laughs> overtaking the Storm to get into the top four if they can beat yep. the Knights because then they've got an easy one at the end, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. They've got uh, the Sharks have then the Raiders. 
So really, if the Sharks could actually be in prime position to overtake the Storm, if the Broncos can knock the Storm... Basically, it's up to the Broncos to knock the Storm out of the top eight. I don't think the Titans will be able to beat them, uh, the yep. Storm. So it's really up to the Broncos and, and have they got what it takes. And and that's it's really hard to tell. Like, I know that... Look, we're talking about a Storm that only beat the Dragons by 10 points. <laughs> And there were and there were times last weekend, and there were so they are not the invincible team that they used to be. So mm. we could actually see them drop out. I know you're talking before about who who would you rather play. Actually, I think you would rather not play the Warriors at the moment because they're the ones that uh, they are on fire at the moment, and I think they will uh, go into the finals with uh, you know the hunger that no other team has in that top eight. So. Mm. They also are more maybe overexcited and full of mistakes. Could be, but they haven't really done that so far <laughs> for a <laughs> long time. And, and so, you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. That could happen as well. But um, the Storm have been quite inconsistent. They, they could smash any team, but they can also, you know. Get smashed uh, by any team. Yeah, or, or, or just like eke past the Dragons in ten point, by a 10 points only. You know, it's that yeah. kind of performance that, that would really – you know, who knows? Um, so, but I think the Sharks are actually in prime position. If that's the case, then they they will have a superior for and against for sure compared to the Storm if they lose that game. Raiders could still possibly make it if if the Sharks and the Storm falter in the next couple of weeks. They could make it, but they've got the Broncos up front uh, in this game coming yeah. up, and then they've got the uh, who does I, I think they've got the Sharks. So. Yeah. You know, Canberra's got Brisbane and then the Sharks ahead of them. Who knows? Um, interesting. Well, look, if they win both those games, because, I mean, obviously beating the Sharks means that they will um, be on more points than the Sharks, right, at 34. Uh, well, you know, um, so so that so they can do that as well, right? So um, I suppose, yeah, the, the Knights and Sharks, obviously if the Sharks can win, then they'll be equal with the Storm um, with only a, a seven-point differential type there. And then... You know, um, then the Broncos. Uh, sorry, then the Broncos beating the Storm by more than seven, which is very likely to happen. Yeah, that could definitely be it as well. I suppose you could say the same thing with the Knights as well, right? Because the Knights are only um, well, they're on one hundred and twenty-nine, and the Sharks are on one hundred and thirty. So that's how tight it is. They're like eight it's points. It's very behind. tight. <laughs> it's very tight. So they, they, yeah, <laughs> this is why it's exciting. We we do not. I think we we can't really tell. I think what. What we can say for sure, I would say, is that the top three has been settled. I really don't see the Warriors getting knocked out of that top three position. Mm. Um, you know, even though they're one win in front of the Storm only, I do not see them dropping points to either the the Dragons or is it, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the Titans that they're playing the last one? Who are they playing last? No, the Dolphins. Very unlikely, I think, for the Warriors to uh, to lose those ones. But um, so yeah, I think that's to me that it's it's all about. Yeah, we could be seeing four teams: Storm, Sharks, Raiders, or Knights getting into the either one of those can get into the top four mathematically. Um, and the way things are going at the moment, we've got you know the Knights are playing the Sharks. Let me just say this again: the Knights are playing the Sharks. Um, at home on a Sunday afternoon at McDonald Jones Stadium, I think it's fair to say the Knights are probably favourites for that, um, even though they're behind by one point to the Sharks. But just the fact that you've got the home crowd 
in front of you, that would be pretty good. And then if that's the case, then they, they would go into that final match against uh, – oh, sorry, I didn't get that right. The final match for the Knights is against the Dragons, and I think they'll probably win that one even though they're not at home. Um, so, yeah, we could be seeing actually the, uh, the Knights <laughs> leapfrog everyone to get into that top four spot if the Storm loses both their games. But, you know, maybe not. Who knows? I think the Storms probably have a, a better chance than not. So it really is all down to the Sharks and the Raiders, really. So if the Sharks can win, they can stay in the hunt. But, um, but yeah, top four, there's a bit of a fight for that fourth position and obviously a bit of a fight for this eighth position. Um, let me ask you now, Tish, uh, Crystal Ball, what does the top eight look like in two weeks' time? Okay, I'm going to go... Broncos, Panthers, Warriors, Knights, (laughs) Storm, Sharks, Raiders. What am I left with? Rabbitohs. Oh, there you go. I don't well, know if that's possible or not because I've just lost who's playing what. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're anticipating basically the Storm's going to lose the next two matches. That's what you're saying, which you know mm. you could be right. You're not bound by this, by the way. When we do the tips, mm. you are bound only by the tips. But I'm just <laughs> checking if your crystal ball is clear or not. Look, I'm tipping the Panthers will get the minor premiership. Then the Broncos are next. Then the Warriors. I think that will stay exactly the way it is. I'm actually tipping the Sharks to uh, to get into that fourth spot. I think the Broncos will win that final game, which will knock the Storm to fifth. Uh, and then I think we will see the Knights, then the Raiders. And actually, I think the Roosters will end up, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, potentially, potentially overtaking. Well, it could be. It's either the Roosters or the Cowboys. I actually think the, the Rabbitohs, even though they've got the bye, I suspect that we might uh, see the Panthers invoking their um, reserve-grade trick for the final match to rest their players. So you could actually – well, no, let me change it. I I would think regardless of what happens with the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, I think it's the Cowboys are in prime position to – to, to win that one. And it will still come down to the Rabbitohs and Roosters, but I think the Roosters will win that one because I think the Rabbitohs have completely lost the plot at the moment. Uh, yep. And I think the Cowboys will get in there because I think they'll beat the Dolphins and then they will beat a reserve-grade Panthers. That's my tip. So, yeah, that, you know, that might change next week. Who knows? But, look, that's what I think will happen. Everyone's looking at Rabbitohs, Roosters, but the only reason you should be looking at them, I think, is because you're expecting the Rabbitohs to get in, but I think they will actually get beaten in that final game, which will allow the Cowboys to overtake them uh, on on points, although there is a for and against differential, but I'm expecting the Cowboys to demolish the Dolphins, which will bring it a lot closer, and I'm expecting, yeah, potentially the Roosters to uh, bring down that for and against for the Rabbitohs as well. So it's not going to look good for the Rabbitohs, I think. Anyway, there you go. All right. No, no, there is it. this thing where potentially Latrell Mitchell might be suspended for the last game. I think he has been suspended. I think so. the well, or, or maybe he. Well, you know, that's the other thing we forgot to mention that mm. that that dog act of uh, elbowing his New South Wales teammate Tyson Frizzell in the head has <laughs> is potentially to me the the the, uh, the is going to cost them the top eight. I think. Uh, well, having said that, though, I mean he hasn't really brought much. Um, 
like he's he's actually brought a lot a lot more losses to the Rabbitohs since he's come back from. <laughs> is that right? Like, is it just me? Yeah. Or does it feel like he's actually no. not brought stability to the team? In fact, if anything, he's brought instability. Yeah. Well, what I feel like is that um, I feel like he always gets suspended around this time. Well, I, think I mean, similar sort of yeah. thing happened last year, right? Like, um, he's just too excited. Uh, it's finals, yeah. You know. Well, in saying that, though, like he was, look, <laughs> this is not going to be a literal bashing thing, but yeah, midweek he was uh, he was sculling some beers at some concert. Uh, it was all over social media. Now, you know, I'm sure you're entitled to have fun, but uh, you know, you're about to enter a very difficult period for your club. You're you're about mm. to head into the finals. I know people can let off steam, and fair enough. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, what does that look like when you're mucking around basically before the job's done? And, uh, you know, what does that look like for the rest of the team? What does that look like? So I, I don't know. I don't know if that that's what, um, you know, did that cause the uh, – or did that have anything to do with the capitulation of this, you know, club that, that has done, you know, has really done so well um, in the last few years, I don't know what's going on, but it might be that I think the the troll factor is uh, going to put some pressure on them in the final few uh, games. I think, but, or in that last one against the Ro- the Roosters for sure. Um, all right, so look, I think we've given out our top eight tips. We've given our top four tips. Let's see how we go. <laughs> we'll revise this next week, um, but let's move on to the other big piece of news that that happened this week. Uh, it was about your club, the Tigers. Tackle number three, Timmy Sheens got sacked. All right, Tish. Uh, Timmy Sheens got sacked. The, the five-year plan was for Timmy Sheens to... Head coach this year to transition to to Benji to start head coaching from next year for a couple of years or for the next five years, whatever. Um, now they they've done it a couple of weeks early. A lot of people, you know, acting like it was a big surprise. I wonder whether this was the Tigers uh, sort of saying, "Well, let's just, you know, it's not like as if the Benji's going to learn anything being an assistant coach for the last two weeks when they're getting smashed and they're, they're guaranteed pretty much the wooden spoon. Why not give Benji a go? An early start, see what he can do the last few weeks of uh, of this year and immediately <laughs> turned into a win. And, uh, you know, a lucky win, albeit, but it's still a win. And, uh, you know, he's already turned it around. So, look, were, was this expected, Tish, that Timmy Sheens would be sacked? Do you agree with the decision, or do you think they should let him play out the year and had a, uh, a proper farewell at the end of the season? What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I mean, um, what's confusing about it is that, like, I did think that he would step down at the end of this year. Well, I mean, the plan was in the next year, but I thought, okay, end of this year because it hasn't gone well, but maybe Benji's ready, all that kind of stuff. Um and I thought that was going to happen, except uh, what I didn't believe was that he was just going to be completely sacked out of the club, right? Because <laughs> I thought he was going to go back into the head of football, right? Um, but they've obviously decided to go <laughs> in a different direction. Oh, did they sack him completely? I thought it was just... Yeah, yeah. So he's not even head of football anymore. He's um, 
Wow. Is he, that the case? I think I he wanted to go back into that head of football role and they're like, oh, no, thanks. But yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the more tragic thing about it. So, yeah, look, it is it is sometimes a bit difficult to support this club, right, <laughs> because they just <laughs> seem to um, change things, whatever. And, and look, you know, that's... Um, you know, that's the, the, the that's what it is. But look, I think um, you know, obviously, you know, wishing Benji well. But I think we also got to acknowledge. I mean, Tim Sheens has been an absolutely awesome coach over the last, you know, what since the early '80s, he's been a head coach, right? I, I think over 750 games as a as a head coach in the NRL, right? And he's won. Um, you know, I think he took the Panthers to their very first final series, maybe. Um, you know, the, the Raiders got there in the end as well. Like, you know, I think he won two premierships there and he's also maybe three premierships actually and also one with the West Tigers in in 2005. So, you know, he's he's one of the great coaches, uh, one of the big super coaches uh, out of the whole, uh, you know, out of, uh, uh, you know. At, He'd yeah, be on your, would he be on your Mount Rushmore of greatest coaches of all time? Well, well, the thing is, I mean, for me, the ones that I've seen and the ones in my era, in my fandom, then I'd have to say yes because uh, I never saw Jack Gibson coach, right? So, you know, if I think about it, uh, Wayne Bennett's got to be up there. Then I've got to say Tim Sheens. Now, it's kind of interesting, the other two, who would they be? Um, Because for me, Phil Gould, he actually didn't win that many, really. He won, what, two with the Panthers and... One with the Roosters, right? Something like that. Um, so it's less than Sheen's. Um, so maybe Bellamy gets in there. Uh, didn't didn't Gould hang on? Didn't Gould win in his first season as head coach of the Bulldogs in '88? Potentially, yeah. Is that right? So, I, I'm correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So he's he's had look Phil and also he's like the best New South Wales coach that we've ever had. Yeah, so, that's true. You know. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Phil Gould would get there. So I think Tim Sheen's Phil Gould, um, Wayne Bennett, and yeah, look, I'd probably say out of all the coaches at the moment, um, I would have to give the nod to Bellamy. But you've also got to remember Bellamy is a protege of Tim Sheen's, right? Um, mm. And he was the Presidents Cup coach for. Um, you know, the Raiders, uh, when Tim Sheens won those two uh, premierships back-to-back in, like, the late 80s, right? And then I think they made the final the year after as well, but then going down to the Panthers, so three three grand finals in a row. Mm, and, yeah, yep. Bellamy was his understudy. And then um, think about all the players. Think about all the coaches that have come under Bellamy. Um, think about the coaches that have come under, uh, you know, uh, you know Tim Sheens as well. I think uh, Mike, Michael Maguire, you know, premiership winner, also played in Tim Sheens' teams and also was part of some of the coaching structures that he had. Todd Payton, you know, coach of the year last year, um, maybe not this year, uh, but last year he was, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, so he's also, yeah, so I think the, the other part about it is the Tim Sheens legacy type thing where he's, He's been able to develop, um, you know, other coaches that have gone on to do, you know, good stuff. And, you know, he's always been sort of an attacking-minded coach, right, sort of the, you know, off the left field uh, type thing. You know, he experimented with the entire team wearing headgears, uh, you know, like one match and, you know, it was too hot or something. So, you know, he's always got those type of little strategies that he's put in place. So I think... No, a lot of credit has to go to him for for that kind of, uh, you know, um, 
wild stuff sort of thing. And then let's not forget the the halfback factory that he is. You know where he's, uh, you know Greg Alexander sort of. You know um, he debuted under Tim Sheens as coaching. I mean Ricky Stewart. Um, you know um, Scott Prince, Benji Marshall. Uh, you know they, they've all sort of. Um, you know that they, they, they were all kind of like his, his. You know his halfback project or something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of, uh, yeah, we've seen the the end of an era a little bit. I feel like with Tim Sheen, so um, so I think he's been a great service there. But it's yeah, it's just un- unfortunate about what's happened. That that's what I've got to say about Tim Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I think uh, I wonder whether this was just. Uh, well, I wasn't aware that he was sacked completely and <laughs> given the marching orders. I mean, I thought it was just a uh, right. We're moving on to phase two a little earlier than we thought we would. But anyway, not to be. It's a shame because I mean I think look look it's I think it's pretty clear to say that anyone who's a Tigers fan would say he hasn't really brought any new ideas to the club and really he's been great but his time yeah. has definitely passed and it was time to move on maybe they they should have done what uh, you know what the the Warriors and what the Bulldogs have done which is just uh, let the the understudy have a go at head coach yeah that hasn't worked out for the bulldogs but it's worked out for the the warriors yeah. for sure so maybe they should have just had a bit more faith in benji um certainly they no one would have been surprised if they had done that given how you know the pedigree of benji marshall um yeah and he's already proven now i think that that uh in you know in the limited amount of time that he's had that he he can have an impact um you know, even with a squad that is struggling on in in on paper compared to the others. Um, but look, yeah, so I should ask you, what is your Mount Rushmore of coaches? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, look, it's hard to t- look. You got to say that when if you if you start talking about of all time, then people will start saying, "Oh, what about the great?" You know, whatever in the sixties, and it's yeah. it's hard. If I'm talking, let's just talk about Mount Rushmore in my lifetime. That yeah. uh, that uh, that I've been around, and I think Jack Gibson will have to be up there for sure. He's definitely up there. Um, then I would say Wayne Bennett for sure. I mean, we talked about you know we don't have a king anymore. Um, you know, in in the coaching, uh, we've got the King Wally Lewis, but you know the King Bennett is. We talked about him. Um, definitely, he's one of them. Um, I would say, oh, it's a tough one because. As much as I'd like to say Bellamy, because of the consistency of the the storm, I mean he's done it under. There's definitely a cloud there, with all the you know, the the dodgy, <laughs> you know the the cheating and all that sort of stuff. I still I still think that the you know, the jury is out on on Craig Bellamy, uh, in terms of that top echelon of coaches. I think you're right in a way in in saying that possibly. Tim Sheens might be uh, a contender for that um, that you know the, the the very top echelon of coaches. Um, I think Phil Gould has to be there. I think he proved that wherever he goes, he's he's got that ability to turn that club around and and he brings success. So I think Phil Gould is up there for sure. Um, and that leaves one more. And look, as much as I'd love to put uh, Brian Smith up there, also uh, <laughs> he never quite won the. Never quite won a premiership. Uh, who else would you put? I mean, look, could you, would you put Ivan Cleary if they get three in a row? I mean, that's really not, not, not done. And, you know, since I was a little boy with the Eels, 
in the early 80s. Uh, and obviously Jack Gibson was uh, the coach at that point, you know, do you bookend this Mount Rushmore by having the newest entry being Ivan Cleary uh, or is it too soon? Who knows? Who knows? They, they do have a good system, that's for sure. Whereas I think the Eels uh, showed that in the 80s that once the stars retired, <laughs> there was no system. It fell apart. So, um, yeah, but look, I, I would say... I would say Gibson, Bennett, Gould, and then it's a toss of the coin of whether you want to put Tim Sheens in there or or potentially, uh, yeah, well, I'd have to be Tim Sheens. I can't think of anyone else that has had that level of success. Uh, you know, even some of the, the younger ones like Robinson, Maguire, and others, they, they haven't really had that consistent kind of success, whereas Tim Sheen's definitely in the earlier days, he was he was it, you know. It was him and Gould and Bennett were, were dominant as coaches, and they still are in a way. So, yeah, well, there you go. That's why I think we ended up on pretty much the same Mount Rushmore, didn't we? <laughs> so there you go. Well, well you've good. got Jack Gibson in there as, a, as opposed to um, Craig Bellamy, right? I would not have Craig Bellamy, no. I think there's too much... Uh, there's too much of a cloud, you know, how, yeah. how much of, of that success is due to the illegal kind of, you know, contracts for star players that ended up staying there. You know, you take them out of the equation, do they win all those premierships? No, I don't think so. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's hard for me to suggest put Wayne, uh, you know, Craig Bellamy in there. And I think, I think Tim Sheens did a lot more uh, you know, he he brought success to the Canberra Raiders. It was a pioneering club. You know, there was uh, there was just so much. He he. I think Tim Sheens is probably the one of the best, and another one would have to be Wayne Bennett as well of bring, bringing the best out of absolute superstars. You know, he'd put it. He'd compile that team together, the Green Machine, and they were unstoppable for for many years, almost half more than half a decade. Um, and so, you know, that's something to be said about that. But anyway, all right. Yeah. Shall well, we move just on? A, just a bit oh, of sorry. a just a bit of a trivia. Like, so I mean, obviously before our time, but Arthur Holloway actually won eight premierships as a um, as a coach, and also I think another uh, another five premierships as a player. So I think he was captain coach for a while as well. So eleven premierships in total. But he's got the most um, as a coach, and that was in the. Like pioneers, like the nineteen, like he was, he was coaching from nineteen sixteen to about nineteen forty eight. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that being said, let's move on to the future instead of the past. Tish, <laughs> tackle number four: Viva Las Vegas. We've spoken before about the NRL's plans to take uh, a couple of games to Las Vegas. Uh, a couple of the the round one 2024 NRL premiership games will go to Las Vegas. They've now decided, well, it was about a week ago, but we didn't talk about it. But now we're going to talk about it. Now we're going to update you on who are the teams that are going to participate now, the, uh, the NRL has decided following a competitive process and careful consideration of club proposals, the following teams have been selected. 
Brisbane Broncos, Manly Seagulls, South Sydney Rabbitohs and Sydney Roosters. Um, and, uh, you know, the quote from Andrew Abdo is the 2024 Las Vegas matches will form part of an exciting Australia week in Las Vegas where we will be showcasing rugby league in Australia to the US market. We are now working collaboratively with the four clubs to finalise arrangements for the proposed matches in Las Vegas and make this a blockbuster event for fans by maximising travel, attendance and enjoyment of a unique rugby league experienced rugby league will be on a stage which a sport simply never been uh, has simply never been on before and we look forward to giving all clubs the opportunity in coming years so these were the four teams they've made it clear they're going to pick other teams in future um i don't know if the actual games have been announced i'm guessing it's going to be brisbane v manly and then south sydney versus sydney i'm guessing that's the obvious choice uh we're gonna have russell crowe there for sure we're gonna have um, Hugh Jackman there promoting Manly Seagulls, and then obviously the Broncos are on on fire this year, and the Roosters possibly could make the top eight. So, you know, we've got some good teams there, but really it's all about the star power. And I think we we also already predicted this, Tish, didn't we? That we would have at least Russell Crowe's and uh, and Hugh Jackman's team in there. Uh, what are your thoughts about the four teams that were announced? Well, I mean, uh, it's kind of disappointing uh, that the Panthers have won two straight, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they got like dotted on their, uh, you know, the the match payment for the grand final, for winning the grand final. And uh, not even considered, you know, considering like, you know, uh, Margot Robbie, you know, um, you know, Pink Panthers, Barbie, what a huge movie, right? But, uh but no, we've got to give it to the Roosters, and uh, yeah, we've got to give it to the Roosters, I suppose. So, yeah. But look, probably apart from that, it's there. And then look, it, if they can turn it into a regular thing, I mean, it'd be great to see, you know, um, you know, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Bulldogs, and the Tigers get a chance one year, um, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> um, yeah. But look, look, look. It's a starting point, right? Uh, and which, which is going to be exciting. And it's in Las Vegas. Hopefully, they can get a good crowd. Hopefully, it will be. Uh, a success, um, you know, they get a decent crowd and, and and uh, you know, um, but look, you know, I suppose, um, yeah, hopefully the NRL can put some real money and thought behind it to really make this an event that comes comes alive. So I think a few years ago the, you know, it was England versus New Zealand, which kind of had, um, but I think they went for a really big stadium. So it kind of... Um, didn't look that great on TV, but but they did get something at the, at the Colorado. But I like the fact that they're going to Vegas because I think Vegas is going to be a bit more um, uh, a bit more accepting of alternates to the norm, and because obviously you know the norm in uh, you know in America isn't rugby league. So uh, let's hope it's a it's a it's a cracking success, and um, really can't wait for um, yeah can't wait to see the spectacle in twenty twenty four. Absolutely. And look, before we leave this item, next year, twenty or the, the following year, 2025, Tish, you have the reins and you get the, the final choice of the next four teams, the next two games to be played in Las Vegas. Which teams are you picking? What are, what are the games look like? They can't be the four that have just been announced. That's the only uh, rule okay. here. What would you pick to maximise the impact which teams? Okay, I'd say Parramatta, the Tigers, 
Panthers and Bulldogs. Let's make it Western Sydney invades wow. Las Vegas. That that sounds good. That sounds good. So, so which you, your matchups would be? Would it would it be uh, Panthers v Eels? Tigers. Oh, I think Panthers v Tigers. The Ivan Cleary uh, grudge match, right? Uh, oh yeah, then, yeah. Uh, the, and, the big cats. Yeah. The match of the big cats. That's right. That's right. And then you could also have, uh, yeah. And then then you've also got the rivalry, the traditional rivalry, the Bulldogs and uh, and the Eels, right? So uh, yeah, like two two rivalries going at it. So I think that's what you need to say, you know. Oh, fair enough. That's a good one. All right. Well, the, uh, that's, those are the teams I would have picked as well, actually. Um, although possibly I would have gone, I, I would have potentially gone, uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, Eels and Bulldogs, and then maybe Warriors and Melbourne Storm. I think mm. I think to have like the, the 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 names of teams that you know. Oh, Melbourne! You're from Melbourne. I know that 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 city, Melbourne, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then the the Warriors being the only New Zealand team at that point. I think that would be pretty good as well. So I think yeah. that would be, and that would bring. I think the importance of the Warriors is that they would bring. A huge kind of uh, uh, islander community out uh, to support that that game, and I think it will be an epic kind of turnout if they did that. If they promoted it that way, um, you know, equally what you could do instead of doing a Las Vegas, like if they're going to keep doing Las Vegas, that's one thing, but maybe they should consider doing one in in Hawaii or something because they they have a huge islander population there as well. Um, yeah, although at the moment they're going through some tough times with bushfires, but you know. Once they rebuild and and you know the the definitely Hawaii has a uh, very strong you know NFL presence Polynesian. as well mm. yeah in Polynesian community that support that game so yeah. not not my, completely my out of the with, question. My only thing with the Warriors is that it might cause international mayhem, um, considering if <laughs> if somehow the Americans feel that New Zealand is actually part of Australia, right? Um, and, and oh, yeah, know, I see what you mean. Yeah. They might lose their spot in the UN because, like, you know, the US might protest. Um, or hack them. No, Australia we can't have that. We can't have that. We, <laughs> you know, they might boycott the Olympics because you know, Australia's representing two teams. Like, you know, well, it could be mayhem. So, yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right, look, that's that. And let's move on to, well, we're going to say goodbye to some players that are retiring at the end of this year. So here we go, tackle number five, NRL player retirements. All right, some upbeat music there for the uh, the retiring NRL players. <laughs> We've got well, we've got a few big names that we wanted to sort of single out. Look, I know the season's not completely over yet, but we we did want to kind of uh, shout out to some players that uh, have done so much for the game and uh, real stalwarts for either their own club or a couple of clubs in one case. Look, the one the one club man, Jared Croker, um, retiring from the Raiders. Uh, has done so much. I mean, to think that he uh, he's in pretty much you would say he's overtaken his dad actually the the legacy of his dad Jason Croker, who was part of that green machine. And Jared Croker, I think, has just been a consistent player. You know, he got them to almost win a grand final there a few years ago, um, and and has had some success. But again, uh, uh, just a good solid player. 
uh, even if he's had stars around him, he's just been, uh, you know, kicking goals literally and metaphorically uh, for the for the Raiders. So well done, Jared Croker. Um, Tish, do you have any thoughts about Jared Croker retiring from the Raiders? Yeah, well, look, I think he popularised the, um, you know, take off my headgear to kick a goal. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, kind of that was kind of a bit unique to him, but, like, he's been a phenomenal goalkeeper, and I think he's been a great sensor and, uh, as you said, like, you know, has been a regular part of the of the Raiders' uh, setup, um, and he's, like, you know, well-loved within the Raiders' uh, sort of community and everything like that, so, you know. Um, they even arrested him for uh, a game this year so he could have his 300 at Bruce Stadium. So, um, you know, Bruce Stadium will never be the same again. That's right. Wade Graham is the other, uh, another, well, has he, he's really only played for the Sharks. Is that right? Or I might be mistaken, but look, um, mm, look, he's yeah, renowned. He's, he's, you know, he's known for, been, uh, you know, a major, major part of the Sharks' first ever victory um, in 2015, was it, I think? Um, Wade Graham, yeah, done so much. A very good ball-playing second rower for the Blues, for Australia and for and the Cronulla Sharks and has just done so much for the game. Um, he's still in the hunt, isn't he? I mean, he's still playing, so he's, it's not over yeah. for him yet, but he will retire at the end of the year, he's, he's told us. So, um, yeah, Wade Graham, what do you reckon? Well, yeah, I think Wade Graham uh, at one point is probably one of my favourite players, right? You know, he's a second rower who sometimes, uh, you know, he, he could actually like sort of kick in general play as well, right, which is kind of unusual. And I think he's even played a, a five-eighth for a game here or there. Um, when they've been down on the troops. But, look, you know, he's he's one of those players that um, I think he's actually from Penrith from memory, maybe. Um, yeah, so and I think he then moved over to the Sharks. But he's kind of known for the Sharks and, you know, that Sharks, you know, maiden premiership uh, season, right, um, in uh, 2016, 15, yeah. Um, absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, he was part of it. He might have even been captain or co-captain as, you know, along with Cal uh, on that one. So, um, yeah, it must have been obviously a thrill to be part of that. So, yeah, I think Wade Graham, you know, great player. And, um, you know, I think also, you know, Wade Graham is probably one of the ones that also has been, um, you know, one of the forerunners on the whole CTE stuff. You know, he's he's had to miss some games and he's also, like, shared about a little bit. So not just uh, not just having a legacy as a um as a as a player, uh, you know, as a, as a you know professional, player, but also sort of as a, as a bit of an ambassador for sort of the sort of the games issues type thing. Yeah, absolutely. And James Tamau as well is mm. retiring. Or Tamau, yeah. I, I never could get his name right. What about? Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, James Tamau is from another era. You know, he's sort of the uh, the last of the uh, dodgy state of origin selections. Um, you know, after uh, <laughs> after uh, playing the state of origin, after he played for New Zealand. Uh, so, uh, but you know, we got one back, I suppose. But like, you know, he was a great front role for New South Wales, and uh, you know, a great player for. Like, I think he won a premiership for the Cowboys as well. So, um, you know, great and. You know, it looks like these, uh, you know, these forwards, they're sort of, uh, you know, um, you know, they've got to retire a little early. You know, they, they take all the knocks and everything like that. But I think um always enjoyed um, 
you know, uh, James Tamo play. And I think he's one of the best interviewers as well, right? He always has a, a really good way of expressing himself, you know, um, uh, very articulate and, you know, not, not just, uh, you know, one-liners as, as some other players previously did. Would you call James Tamo the thinking man's Wade Graham? Is that what? <laughs> Yeah, I don't but... know. No. I don't know. No, like, look, I'm just being silly. Um, James Tamo, yeah. Look, there was a time there where he was like a, an absolute stalwart for the uh, the New South Wales Blues, uh, even yeah. during our tough period. And so, you know, you got to respect that, that he was there. He was constantly trying his best and did did taste success, but also tasted a lot of um, tough times as well and, and was always there and, and always a leader. Um, you know, leadership in stature, but also in the way he he behaved and his and his uh, play throughout his playing career, I think is well well respected NRL player and retires gracefully. I would say, even though has had a tough time this year. Um, but yeah, anyone else that's retiring, or uh, we just keep this to the final round. I think we keep it to the final round. But look, those are sort of the big player announcements. Um, I know. They'll have a, a ute for uh, some of the others. Well, do they do the ute thing? And well, they might not do the ute thing. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. They'll it's get to wait for their crowd. That's right. It's a COVID, COVID safe ute. So they have only four at a time. They have to stand on the <laughs> on the corners of the back and <laughs> yeah. wave at the crowd. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll see a lot more and, and we'll definitely talk about a lot more. And we, look, the other thing is, we may see a few more announcements in the next couple of weeks uh, as as teams start to drop off the top eight and players start to rethink uh, what what happens in their careers. So we may see that happening. Uh, you never know. But look, well done to those players. I think they've they've done uh, very well uh, in in various uh, various ways to to sort of make their mark on the game. Look, let's move on to our final tackle. Our tips for round twenty six. Here we go. So in round 25, um, look, <laughs> were it not for the Eels, I would have got a complete round. Seven out of eight I got, that brings me to 114. You got five out of eight, that brings you to 118. So I'm still in striking distance and you never know what, what's going to happen. But look, let's move on to round 26. There's some big, big games coming up. It could go either way. Um, now, the first one is the Panthers and the Eels. Uh, look, I, I I was going to tip the Eels because I thought I really need to claw my way back, but I don't see them winning, so I'm going to tip the Panthers. What about you, Tish? Yeah, look, I'm going to tip the Panthers uh, as well. So um, I think, yeah, the Eels just off the pace a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, Warriors and Dragons, uh, Friday evening at Go Media Stadium. So the Warriors are at home. I think the Warriors will win this one quite easily. Yeah, look, I'm going to go for the Warriors as well. I think they're, um, yeah, in in great form at the moment. Dolphins and Cowboys. Now, this one, look, normally I'd think, well, based on what I said earlier, that the Cowboys might win, uh, the the uh, win their way into the um, uh, the top eight. Well, I don't know. I was, I was going to tip the Dolphins. I just don't know what to think of them. But I think maybe the Cowboys actually. I'm going to switch it. I'm going to switch to the Cowboys. I think they can, uh, if they sniff blood, 
they might they might actually get motivated. But I was disappointed, as you said, in yeah. their last outing. Um, so this is a toss of the coin, really. But if the Cowboys know anything, they should know that they have to win this one. Yeah, you could kind of say that both clubs were disappointing last round. Um, you know, Dolphins losing to the Wooden Spooners at the moment. So, and then the Cowboys had all to play for, and then didn't play at all. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to tip the Cowboys because look, this this really is the last real chance for them, right? So they've got to win this one. So um, I think they've got more to play for. So you're just going to have to tip them. All right, the Storm and the Titans at Amy Park, Saturday, 3 p.m. I think the Storm will win this one. Yeah, look, I think the Storm will win this one too, but, look, uh, I don't think they can take it lightly. All right. Roosters and Tigers. Now, (laughs) Saturday, 5.30, Allianz Stadium. The Roosters are on fire. I'm going to tip probably the upset of the season that will completely disrupt the top eight, and I think Benji will be the wow. mastermind here. The Tigers are going to defeat the Roosters, mark my words. Mm. Well, you, you're you're predicting a payback from 2010, um, you know, where we've had – but anyway, I'm going to tip the, the Roosters, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I think, I, th- I think just with the teams this, uh, right so close, I mean, they've got to know the consequences of losing at the moment, right? So um, that's why I'm going to tip the Roosters. I think they will just be a bit strong. Raiders and Broncos at GIO Stadium. I think the Broncos will be too strong. Mm, you know what? I'm going to tip an upset here. I'm going to tip the Raiders, which now means that the Broncos probably won't be the premiers. I just think that the Raiders, uh, yeah, getting into a bit of form and, and, and probably need this one a little bit more. All right, Bulldogs and Manly, uh, 2 p.m. game at Accor Stadium in Sydney. I think Manly will win this one. It is of no consequence to either team, but I think the Manly Manly team will probably just, uh, you know, it'll it'll be a high-scoring game, that's for sure. Yeah, look, if you're planning on going out and watching this game, please get there really early. Don't know what the crowd's going to look like, but <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to go for the Bulldogs at home on this one. If you get there early enough, you, you might get the... the First car spot just outside of the uh, the exit <laughs> at P1 car park there. Yeah. Because there'll be no one there. Um, sorry, did you say Manly or the Bulldogs? Sorry. I said the Bulldogs, yeah. Oh, did you say the Bulldogs? Oh, well done. All right. Finally, I think this is a, a very con- consequential one. The Knights and the Sharks. The Knights are playing at home, McDonald Jones Stadium, Sunday, 4 p.m., you know, it's going to be, what, 30,000 or so people there probably. They, they all know that it's a must-win game for the Knights if they're going to try and get into that top four uh, and also to avoid getting knocked out of the top eight. I think the Sharks have uh, shown that they, they can put it together. Um, I know the Knights defeated the uh, the Rabbitohs, and, and there's a lot to say about that, but I think... I think the Sharks are just starting to put it together at the right time, and I think they would have learnt their lesson from last year. So Sharks are going to win this very important game. Okay. Well, look, what from what I know is that the Sharks don't normally beat teams in the top eight. Unfortunately for them, the Knights are in the top eight currently. <laughs> I'm going to tip the Knights at home. Um, this time for real, we need to get there. It's probably already sold out, right? So It's probably already um, sold out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Having a golden season and, um, you know, Dominic Young and like just you know so much strike. So I think I think the Knights 
are good for this one, um, but should be an absolute cracker. Absolutely. And obviously the Rabbitohs have the bye. And speaking of bye, it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the wrap-up for uh, for this round and for this episode. Thanks very much for listening to us. Tish, over to you to wrap this one up. Well, thank you, Dr. T. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, but that's all the time that we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. We are your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now. <laughs>